Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. Yeah, we're going to have some fun later on this morning with your favourite Christmas ads. Got into a a mood as I drove in this morning on what's a lovely, lovely morning out there, the 2nd of December. And a a thought went through the old cown, went through the old noggin, that it was beginning to look a lot like Christmas, as the song says. You may have heard the song, I don't know. So we'll have some fun during the morning with your favourite Christmas ads. Have you a particular favourite I don't think my favourite will ever be beaten, but I think you all know <coughs> what that is. Also, some good news on the vaccines, some excellent news on the vaccines front this morning. We've been watching this. It looks like we'll get our approval around the middle of January to start rolling out. That's that's what it looks like. But in the UK, they've approved the Pfizer biotech or BioNTech vaccine has been approved for use and they can start rolling it out as close to next week, I think, which is fabulous news. All that and more to come. Plus, another €200 Euro voucher with our friends at Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade. We'll be asking you once again to count the footsteps in the snow. 1850-715-996 is the number. The text to WhatsApp 083-396-9696. The email from 96fm.ie. Can I... First, before we go anywhere, say well done and great that you've turned it around and all of those things and the best of luck for Christmas and the best of luck for the new year and the best of luck for the future to everybody at three degrees. We were talking to them a few weeks ago on the program. They were devastated, absolutely devastated after the salon was so badly damaged by fire. And that's a few weeks ago. They've turned it around. They've done it up. They've used the weeks of lockdown to get it painted and primed and ready and open and good to go. And uh, good luck to them all. Good luck to everybody at Three Degrees. They open for today, uh, for the new, for the Christmas, and hopefully for a long and successful future. And to Estelle and all the gang up there, our very, very, very best of luck. Now, Holly Cairns is in the news, the Cork Southwest TD. She's been in around the news for the last few days. First of all, Holly Cairns has been debating hard with the greyhound industry on the future of the greyhound industry. And like many people, like many people, Holly Cairns was wondering why, at a time when so many elements of the economy are strapped for cash, why did the government increase the allocation to the greyhound industry in the budget? And that just started off a series of different 
series of different debates and discussions and it led to some uh, unfortunate exchanges between, well, towards Holly Cairns from uh, members of the Greyhound uh, Racing Fraternity. But now she's challenged one of them to, to a public debate. But she also wants to speak about the way she has been spoken to in the last few days. Deputy Cairns, good morning to you. Good morning. Good to talk to you again. This started, I think, Holly, it's fair to say, after the budget when, as I said, at a time when every element of society and every element of the economy is strapped for cash, they gave more money to the greyhound industry. Yeah, we're hearing it all the time. There isn't enough money for, you know, communities that are consistently flooding for refuge space for domestic violence. And then we see a 2.4 million increase in funding for the greyhound racing industry. So the Social Democrats tabled a motion last week to reverse the increase in funding to gradually defund the greyhound racing and to put more resources into animal welfare. Because as you probably know, PJ, the, the industry uh, kills 6,000 dogs a year for not running fast enough. So there's serious animal welfare concerns there. And since that uh, motion, I suppose I've heard very little legitimate defence of the sector from its proponents. Uh, I've seen no serious efforts to kind of address the loss-making nature of the industry or the animal welfare concerns or even, you know, acknowledgement of those concerns. But what we have seen instead um, are attacks of a personal nature on those of us who don't want to see an increase in funding for a sector, you know, whose practices have been so discredited. And it, it's a sector that, to be fair, is, is still extremely popular with a lot of people and in good times, in other words, at times when we can go to sporting events, draws big crowds up and down the country. So it's very less popular. Less and less, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, because no, I, re- I remember watching that documentary back in was yeah. it 2018, 2019 and, and vowing there and then, personally and on the programme to my listeners, vowing that I would not set foot in a Greyhound stadium again until something was done about the findings of that documentary. Yeah, attendance has fallen by 55% in the last few years. The public are voting with their feet on this issue. They're not okay with this. And a Red Sea poll from 2019 found that only 16% of people wanted this industry to be funded from the state. Um, But I suppose what we've seen in terms of the retaliation is uh, one of the things is a member of the Irish Greyhound Board uh, referred to me as an ignorant little girl. Yes. Um, so he's a member of a state organisation um, who's paid out of this staggering 19.2 million that the industry will receive in 2021. That's paid by the taxpayer, by you, by all of us. Um, and you know, initially, you know, I, I didn't want to waste uh, any energy um, or time or, or anything on those comments. Um, but unfortunately, when a, a Fine Gael TD apologised for liking them online, um, I couldn't avoid addressing the issue. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the unfortunate reality is that I wasn't deeply hurt or offended because I'm used to those kind of gender comments. Um, I think most women are. So I think, you know, I rightly don't take personal offence. Mm. But the reality is, too, that those comments offend all women. And, you know, too many of us are subject to too many comments which seek to kind of demean us all the time. Um, you know, in, in the last week, just in relation to this motion, I could... I could go on for five minutes about the things I've been called, uh, things like a dangerous, dangerous woman, um, a fool, airy, fairy. Um, mm. Well, you know they things. called Mother Jones those things, Holly, so I wouldn't be too worried about it, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it. Um, but I suppose, you know, like that, sometimes we, we, we just ignore it and we move on because we're used to it, but I think it does send out the wrong message. Yeah. Um, it sends out a message to the next generation to ignore it too. It prevents it. Um, it, it, you know, when we ignore it, we, we, we allow it to happen again. And so, you know, in the end, when I had to respond, and as the only female TD in all of Cork, 
city and county have helped me to address the sexism that we are also used to. And I wanted to put on the dull record Mm. that a member of a state organisation in 2020 spoke about an elected woman in that way. Um, And I felt the need to say that there's, you know, there's no excuse for this kind of behaviour in this day and age. You'd wonder, would he call an elected male TD uh, a little boy? I've I've never heard of uh, a member of a state board calling um, a man an ignorant little boy, but... You know, I would have to. I would have to look into it. But I suppose what what he also claimed was wouldn't that my be remarks, acceptable, by the way. Yeah. Um, but he also, PJ, he claimed that my remarks were waffle in relation to the industry. Yeah. So I also wanted to put on the dull record that none of my remarks were waffle. The opposite. They were all based on fact, research, much of which was done by the Irish Greyhound Board itself. And he hasn't challenged any of those facts. He has only challenged my personality and pointed out my gender. So I also took the opportunity yesterday to invite him to take part in a debate about the facts that I relate, raised in relation to the greyhound racing industry, the viability of it, the animal welfare issues associated with it, and the public disquiet about the state funding yes. it. Um, and since then, you know, RT have, have offered to broadcast it, so just waiting for a Yeah, listen, we'll do it here, Holly, if he wants to take That's it right. up. We'll do it here Thanks, if you want. We'll do it here. <laughs> um, the ground racing, I know, to be fair to them, they, they would say uh, that a lot of progress has been made in relation to welfare and that poor welfare standards have no place in the industry. There have been an increase in the number of inspections, and it's highly regulated, highly legitimate, and deserves to be funding. <clears throat> it's estimated that thoroughbred industry has an annual economic impact of $1.9 billion and that it benefits approximately 12,000 people and directly or indirectly employs 29,000 people in the whole thoroughbred industry. So they would argue that there is an economic value to supporting it. They can argue that, but it doesn't actually stand up when you look at the facts, PJ. So in relation to them addressing animal welfare concerns, the ISPCA, the largest animal welfare organisation in the country, um, have stopped engaging with the Irish greyhound racing industry because they do not believe that they're serious about reform. Um, So many of the issues have not been raised of the, the worst malpractices in the industry were the, were the exports of dogs and they haven't been addressed. When the legislation was going through in 2019, post that documentary, government refused to take on opposition amendments to address those issues so they won't be addressed and haven't been yet and that's very disappointing. The figures you gave there in relation to the economic value, the 29 uh, million, that is just uh, something we hear a lot but it is factually incorrect and um, that is to do with the horse racing industry and you know, yeah, they tie it in. Un- they tie it in under under horse racing. It's yeah, kind but of it actually fact the greyhound racing industry is a loss making industry. Uh, it costs the taxpayer a lot of money. Um, you know, the estimated loss between 2019 and 2022 is 30 million. So unfortunately, those claims don't actually stack up at all. And the only defence that they seem to have for the industry is putting it in with horse racing and lumping the two economic values together. Yeah. So horse racing is carrying it along. And often we hear this narrative, the two lumped in together, and if you're anti one, you're anti the other. Now, I'm not aware of any of the kind of malpractices in horse racing that we see in greyhound racing. So in order to, to keep this industry going, what they do is they breed, at the moment, 16,000 dogs a year. Mm. And then 6,000 of those dogs are killed simply for not running fast enough. 
Now, they have consistently denied that figure and they say that's twisting the facts. They have on, on many, because I know when we, dis- when we discussed the documentary back here, when the, that shocking documentary came out, was it 20, 2019 or 2018, that documentary came out. First of all, they, they denied it stringently that that, though, that that was a true figure. But also, I took a lot of calls at the time, Holly, from local breeders and local trainers of dogs. Who, so Some of them wept on the phone saying that but they wouldn't shout at a puppy, let alone kill one because it couldn't run fast enough. Oh, many trainers treat their dogs well, and I think everybody's aware of that. And indeed, many of those trainers have been in touch to thank the Social Democrats for tabling our motion because yeah. they are aware of the overarching appalling standards here in the industry. And you mentioned that uh, a lot of people dispute the facts that the documentary put out there. Now, the National Broadcasting Authority investigated those claims. Correct. The six-page complaint was filed to the National Broadcasting Authority. They did a comprehensive review and found that the documentary was absolutely factual, um, well-researched and dismissed the claims that the, the facts were wrong. And you know, so, it's one, like you said, that we could discuss all morning. I, I vowed after seeing that documentary that I would never set foot in a Greyhound Stadium again until something serious was done about it. And I stand over that to this day. And some people don't like me for saying that. Well, tough. Um, Join the club. Yeah. The, 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 but, um, and I used to go. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be frequent, but three or four times a year, I would go. Do you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Now, Wayne McCarthy apologised. He said, "I refer to a recent tweet by me regarding the motion put forward by the Social Democrats to defund greyhound racing. In the course of that tweet, I allowed my frustration with an inaccurate picture being portrayed to boil over." reflecting my passion and interest. The tweet contained comments which I now regret and I apologise for any offence caused to Holly Cairns TD. Have you accepted his apology, Holly? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the point I was trying to make in the doll yesterday was that the only dispute um, that he seems to have about Social Democrats' motion is just personal attacks on me and what I think we need to be talking about is the greyhound racing industry, the frightening levels of animal cruelty, the extraordinary cost of the taxpayer and the staggering loss-making nature of the industry. I would like to address some of those concerns yeah. with this member of the Irish Greyhound Board, uh, you know, rather than you know, engaging in any conversation about... Uh, my gender or um, yeah. what he thinks of my personality. Well, well, I'll offer, and look, I know probably after the comments I just made, he'll run a mile from this programme, and that's fine, but I'll, I'll offer this programme as a debating chamber if he wants to go head-to-head with you. Absolutely no problem. Once more, we'll even set it up on Zoom so we can do a roundtable, or if he wants to do that, we'll, we'll, we'll take it on board. Just something else, though, in, in terms of, of the... The money issue. Uh, In a week where we learn of the disgraceful disparity between male inter-county GAA and female inter-county GAA, pumping all this money into the greyhound industry, it it leaves an even sourer taste in the mouth. It really does. Um, You know, we still see such a disparity in opportunity in sports um, between two genders, and that has to change. Even when you look at sports on the whole, the, the, the departments who fund sports in Ireland every year have about 60 million for 60 sports. So imagine what an additional 19.2 million could do, for example, for, um, for the GAA when we see that disparity there. It could go on so far. And I think there's one thing we've learned from this whole scenario and the Social Democrats taking the motion to defund the greyhound racing industry is that it's, we already knew it was scandalous and unacceptable, but we're also seeing now that it is indefensible. And particularly when you look at things like other sports being underfunded, particularly in the middle of a global pandemic when there isn't funding for essential services like disability support services, it's very frustrating 
to see how money is being spent and mm. allocated. Finally, you mentioned the pandemic and uh, put on your science hat here, Holly, because you are a scientist. Uh, the, the news about vaccines, and I know it's a different area of science but for you, but as a scientist, the news about vaccines can only be fantastic. Yeah, and like I say, I'm a scientist, but it certainly isn't my area of expertise. Um, absolutely. And, you know, if this is being met with some fear. And I think the best, as a scientist, I would always say, the best way to meet fear is with information. So I think we need a massive public awareness campaign to explain to people, um, you know, the, the nature of the vaccine to address the concerns people have. Um, because like that, science is the way to, yeah. to address these fears, to always meet fear with information, in my opinion. Okay, just asking it because you're there. Thank you very much. That's Cork Southwest Deputy for the Social Democrats, Holly Cairns. If that Mr. McCarthy would like to debate the rights and wrongs of this with Deputy Cairns on this programme, I'm happy to chair such a debate. I, I imagine he'd consider me to be horribly biased and desperately inaccurate and, inf- and misinformed. That's fine. If he wants to be, he can. But I was just thinking about this during the week and I was listening to the stories about inter- inter-county GAA players. The lads get everything. They get fed, they get watered, they get expenses, they get their own gear, they get flooded in gear, showered in gear. The girls are buying their own. They're buying their own tracksuits, they're paying for their own food, they're paying for their own expenses, they're completely underfunded. And they're the ones, they're the ones who in the last few years have been bringing home the silver. 1850-715-996. We're going to have some fun this morning with Christmas ads. I don't honestly think that my favourite one will ever be beaten. Um, there's a few of them, though, that are out there that just, you know, they, 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 they grab. For example, do you remember this one? Remember that one? Penny's got a whole lot of things for Christmas. And then there was this one. I, I had poor Victoria in the newsroom stumped on this this morning. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but you will remember it. You remember that one. Of course you remember that one. You must be what's that one? What's that? I'll play them during the morning. 1850-715-996. We'll start, I think we'll start off with, with our favourite. Next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See Motors.ie. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. Now we're going to walk in the snow again today with Foot Solutions. I do that in a little while, give you the first of our audio clues. 200 euro voucher to give away every day this week with our friends at Foot Solutions on the Grand Parade. But we were going through the various Christmas ads and there's reams and reams of them and I'll play some of them during the morning. But I wonder, I just wonder, of all the ones that will come up and you can nearly predict the ones that will. And I'd like your, your input here. At 1850-715-996. I don't think this will ever, ever be beaten. There's something about Christmas. There's something about it that creeps inside and finds the child in you. I was having a look around the shops to see what Santa might be bringing the boys, and there was this train set. Old style, black engine with maroon stripe, green and black carriages, all set up like... And the sound it made. Soft. Yet it got right through. 
through all the space-agey screeches in the place. And I remembered another Christmas morning, waking up, the windows frosted over with cold. You could see your breath. And the thing that woke me was that sound. And I didn't dare hope, sliding out of bed, cold at the floor. And there it was, going round and round on the bedroom rug. I ran down, could barely speak. Mum and Dad were sitting there. What is it? The teapot covered in that knitted cosy and the smell of hot, Dad, milky tea. You'll never guess what Santa brought. You'll never guess what Santa brought, I said. Well, doesn't that big well, banner... Well, doesn't that big banner, said my mum. A train set, no less. Isn't Santa the smart fella? Turn the moment gold with Barry's Gold Blend Tea. So last night, when I came home with the train set, Mary couldn't believe it. Martin, that's not what they wanted at all, she said. Santa'll bring them what they want, I said. This is from me. Put the kettle on, we'll have a cup of tea. There's a few little bits in that ad that never, ever cease to get me. One is the smell of hot, milky tea and rashers, but the other one is the last line. Santa will get them what they want. This is from me. Shirley can never be beaten. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Absolutely not. That ad just is Christmas for me. I absolutely love it. Yeah. 90 seconds long. It hardly ever gets booked in these days because it's such a long ad. But it's a story, and I suppose it goes to show that it's a bit more than your average 30-second radio ad. It's more than that. It's the painting of a picture, and I think it kind of... It taps into like this nostalgia that we all have. You may not have ever gotten a train set, but we've all had the moment of being afraid to dare that you got what you wanted or yeah. like that putting your foot on the cold floor. You know, it's it's painting the picture, it's the voice, it's the scene playing out, it's everything. And it's a long, it's an old ad now. It's so old, in fact, that the guy who voiced it, a lovely man uh, called Peter Caffrey, he actually passed yeah. away a number of years ago. That's right. And I don't think that a lot of people realise how old it is because it's been, it's, I think it's over 20 years old. It's well over, well over. Yeah, but I think because maybe we got all so caught up for years in this new phenomenon of TV Christmas ads that I might have gotten lost in that for a little bit. But I think now that we don't really watch TV ads anymore because of digital TV, yeah. that we now look at the big advertising Christmas ads. Oh, sorry, guys. I don't know what's happening there. Yeah. That's my fault. Mouse in the wrong place on the screen. Sorry about that. Drive on. Um, but I just think that, you know, we have to seek out the Christmas ads now on YouTube or whatever, but a radio ad like that just comes in. It's it's there. It's a kind of a presence. Mm. It's, and it's, it's up to you to create the image. It's not handed to you like it would be That's in a TV exactly ad. Exactly it. That's exactly it. And the whole script is full of little reminders, like you can see your breath, exactly, frosted yeah. with cold, the sound. It, it, it creates, it paints a picture in the mind, in words. And I think you, you would almost expect this to be, it's like um, an excerpt from a novel. You, you don't feel like it's something that somebody in a marketing department wrote. It's, it's like a clip of something and it's almost like a real vivid memory. Yeah. It was a Dublin production agency actually put it together. Yeah, and again, I think the lady who, who wrote the ad ha has since passed away as well, but um, I suppose it's just enduring. It's never been replaced. I mean, they've done, Barry T have obviously done other ads or whatever, but this is the one that is synonymous with Barry's tea and Christmas. Well, what we're going to do for the morning, I'm going to run a few of them, but I, I have a funny fee. I'm going to ask people during the morning uh, by text or WhatsApp to 0833 to tell me which of the ads I will play again 
at 5 to 12? Because I think okay. it might be that one. I really yeah, I think, think it might be, be that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, I'll play it again at 5 to 12. There's a few more I want to throw in, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, so Shirley, you love that one and it won't That's be beaten. That's my one. Right. And it won't be beaten for me. Thank All right. you, Jay. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. 1850 Another couple of really good ones, and I'll, I'll get to them all during the morning. And I don't know, can you guess what this was for? This this particular one. There's one you might not guess who it's for, but it was a very, very well-known brand, shall we say. Other ones. Oh, yeah, this one, which we'll get to during the morning. Part of this was actually filmed in Cork. And when we get to it, I'll tell you a funny story about the night it was filmed, because I remember it really well. 1850-715. Uh, 996. I'll come back to these. Your particular, yeah, the Woody's Christmas ad this year is lovely. It is very nice. Happy Christmas, Mrs. Higgins. Lovely ad. And of course, the, the super value, I still think the super value is the best one I've seen, or one of them, since I heard Barry's Tea all those years ago. Ah, my husband says, that's my ad, that's my ad, when Barry's Tea came on. Tell me what ad you want me to play again before we quit at 5 to 12. I don't care what one it is, I'll play it again. I want to play Barry's Tea, but I'll play whatever one comes up as being the favourite again. And we'll do this again, do other stuff like this in towards Christmas. We just thought, seeing as people are starting to shop and the shops are open and it's a lovely bright morning and the lights are up and it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, I thought we'd start off talking about them today. So that your favourite ad, what's the best Christmas? Like it might, here's another one that you might remember, right? Remember that one? For that was for? We'll get you to guess them during the morning. 1850-715-996. Right, we're with our good friends at Foot Solutions all this week down there in the Grand Parade with a 200 euro voucher every day to give the gift of comfort to your loved ones. And we've been playing footprints or footsteps in the snow. You know the drill at this stage and I've ceased to be nice now. I was giving you repeat plays and everything all week. Not now. As of today, you get them once per hour. So, let us go with today's first set of footsteps in the snow for Foot Solutions. How many were they? How many was there? Count them. Let me know how many was there. Write it down. Keep it. And we give two more sets, one between 10 and 11, and another before we finish. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. We've given away thousands of euro. On the Cork's 96FM 10K Toy Giveaway. I'm kind of um, excited and I'm ready to go on my Christmas tree. Well, then you better get fancy around the Christmas tree because you've just won that 500 euro toy shopping spree. Oh, oh my God, the roof has gone off <laughs> the house at home. They're on to me all the time about it. Thanks very much. Happy Christmas, Ryan. Thank you so much, 96 FM. You're fantastic. 
We've just given away 10K. With Johnson & Parrott, Douglas Bishopstown and Matten Point. Put 2020 behind you and drive into 2021. Always open at jpmg.ie. Stay listening for the next big way to win. On Cork's 96FM. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 0833 96 96 96. On Cork's 96 FM. Yeah, Barry T. coming up very, very strong as people loving it. And the Woody's ad. I had forgotten. Fergal, if you're there, you might just run down the audio of that new Woody's ad for me. Uh, you'll find it on, on the old YouTube. Run it down for me and we'll, we'll give it a spin because people are saying it's a lovely, lovely ad. And it is. It is. Now, in 2018, who was Jurgen Klopp talking about? Outstanding talent. Outstanding. Um, very cool. Very cool with the ball. We saw a preseason game and he played in front of 100,000 in front of 60,000 so he's not really bothered about that so that's a very important skill I, I like him a lot and I'm happy that we have him Finn who is he talking about can well, you guess the one Quivine I'd say the lad from Black Rock yeah, the one that they all struggled and remember we said I think it was you um, some other Liverpool fan I think it was Kevin yeah Kevin from Travel I think yeah. said it we better learn how to pronounce his <laughs> yeah, name <laughs> yeah yeah um, incredible um, and first of all as I was saying to Fargal Back in the day, like Ray Clements was my hero, and yeah. back in the day, goalkeepers was for the the lump that could stop the ball. But nowadays, the game has gone on, and the goalkeeper starts everything. And is not, he, he's paid to stop shots. Let's let's call a spade a spade. But like his confidence and the way he played last night will inspire a new generation of goalkeepers. Like the, the, it's crazy. And Ringmahan Rangers deserve full credit, but his family as well. Like Owen, his brother played intermediate with Cork and Croke Park. And he played with Black Rock. He's involved heavily in the Black Rock team. And last year, Quivine was down in Parky Arena at an intermediate final because he seems a very grounded young fella. And yeah. that can only come from sport. He didn't start in goal, which is the no, weird thing. No, he didn't. Bit. He didn't. His, he actually played outfield and he was, he was scoring like 15, 16 goals a game. And apparently, he had incredible touches and he, he wants to play outfield. But it was he played... Um, and goal in a Kennedy Cup game, as far as I recall, and he was lobbed, and they were beaten one nil, and I think that kind of set into him. But he decided, you know, I'll give it a go, and all of a sudden, it's just. But he, he, everybody says it about him that his skill from starting at the back, if you put the ball at his feet, which is such an important thing right now, and for somebody like Klopp to come out and, and last night, if you watched the game, I, I know you're, you're, you wouldn't be the biggest soccer fan, but the first person that Klopp ran to last night was Kelleher, the goalkeeper. Mm. And the thing is, well, he, how many? I mean, I, I, so the match was on in the background. Like, how, how many fantastic saves did he make? Last well, week? he made he made two what we call worldies in the sport. But his general play and his general confidence must have like he's playing in front of guy. He's playing behind guys who are household names at Liverpool, and he he the confidence they had in him because he was coming out clear, catching balls and he was clearing fellas out and it's it, 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 goalkeeping his confidence because if he makes a mistake his confidence goes down and you can see that happening with top class keepers and that's why nowadays goalkeepers are being more trained like there's a young lad at Tremor Jack O'Leary he mm-hmm. gets trained with the young goalkeepers and there's another lad down in Avondale Michael O'Neill mm-hmm. these two guys if they were spotted they would come along as well but, but everybody wants to be a Roy Keane and a Dennis Irwin and a yeah. Lionel Messi and for somebody to go in goal it takes a special nerve mm. and they always say you have to be mad to play in goal I don't think he is I think he's got a very calm 
and he, the pressure of playing with Liverpool for a young fellow, like his brother plays, Fikra plays, is on the Wrexham books as well. So, like, sport and professionalism is in their, is in their genetics. Mm. But this young lad last night, like, I always thought when Casper Smyka was going to follow his father into goalkeeping, it was going to be pressure. He mm. was a young lad when they threw him in, and he's developed and developed and developed. This guy, Kelleher, and the fact that he's, he, 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 he jumped into the number one spot last night over a goalkeeper who's tried and tested yeah. speaks paramount for his, 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 yeah. his ability, but more importantly, his attitude, because along with ability, you have to have a certain attitude. You, you mentioned the Smichaels, and I suppose to, to a lifelong Liverpool fan like itself, uh, this comment, bear in mind now, there's a trigger moment coming here, Finn. Okay. <laughs> as we must say these days. Someone described Kelleher to me about six or seven months ago as the next Peter Schmeichel. No, I think he's going to be the, the, the next Quivine Kelleher because I can see young people... And around. every Liverpool fan says no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not just that. If, if, like, we all... In Cork, we're the best. We're the best at supporting our own. Like, when, when Kino was moving, when the, yeah. the Cork players are moving around, you know, Damien Delaney, all the lads that have played in the city, when they were moving the Cork the Corks people support them. But you, on your, your last guest there, the politician, Eddie, she was talking about... Um, the, 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 you, you spoke about it, but the difference in the attitude with women's sport and men's sport. I was at a game, um, the Tremor on the 15s are playing Cork City's ladies. Their two goalkeepers are class, and they've got a goalkeeping coach that when the lads are doing their warm-up, these guys have been put through their drills. And I can honestly say it, and, and I, I hope I, I, I probably will be right, is that Quivine Kelleher now, today, everybody's talking about him. Mm. Everybody in Cork is saying, oh my God, even the Man United fans, God mm. love them. And to be, he's not going to be the next Michael. He's going to be the new Kelleher, and sure. that's the thing. We, we have an international class goalkeeper coming out of Cork, whether he's the next or the well, first played, or anything. Here's the thing: he's played international. He's yeah. played in goal on the 17 for Ireland. He's got eight caps playing yeah. under 19. You know, um, and and the fact that he played against 100,000 when he was literally a rookie yeah. would be like you playing. Independence Park when you just started off DJing. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it's, it's a big step up. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fearless and he's got a big, big, big future ahead of him. And I think when someone, when, when Jürgen Klopp, and we now know what Jürgen Klopp is capable of, yeah. when he uses words like this, outstanding talent, outstanding. Mm-hmm. And when he says that, you listen. Yeah, but the thing about Jürgen Klopp and the thing about managers is, is that like Jürgen Klopp's the boss and that's the way it is. But like Kelleher is working on the, probably the best goalkeeper in the world at the minute but he's not just a goalkeeper now he's 1-11 to 11, he's part of the team yeah. and he, like the fluency in his play was just incredible last night and I'm not saying that because I'm a Liverpool supporter and yes I know you're going to jump on that but if Spurs had a good goalkeeper I'd be complimenting you Peter oh, yeah. but sadly you know this is, the, this is the way it is Kelleher is going to be the number one spot and I hope hope going forward that like I, I was chatting this morning um, and I said that if I was Jurgen Klopp, which I'm obviously not, I'd be playing him again on Saturday because goalkeeping is about confidence. And if you've the confidence to be that good in the Champions League game, I don't think he's going to have any problems. Do you know what's road. great for youngsters before I let you go, Finn? And, and you know, the, the youth, cherishing the youth and developing the next generation. There was a time when you uh, kids would turn out to play a game of football with their jumpers rolled up at the two ends of the field and making their own goals and having their own fun. (laughs) It was the guy who really wasn't very good was putting goal. I know I was that guy. Yeah, and you're, you're like, like your brother it's John. It's all different now. Your brother John, I've seen him playing goal a few times, an exceptional outfield player, but it, it's thing. But like I said, Tremor Athletic have just opened the new AstroTurf pitch, and two nights a week, Willie and Stephen and Terry take the goalkeepers out from under 13 up to under yeah. 18 and just do in goalkeepers' training. And 
I, I don't think it's a dying breed because there's goalkeepers all over the place, but like go down to Avondale, look at this Michael O'Neill guy, go down to Tremor and watch this Jack O'Leary guy. You're going to see a lot more goalkeepers. That Colerick Ryan you're hearing a lot about as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, and, and they, 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 there's a lot, but it's a funny thing because Michael O'Neill from Avondale, his brother plays with Ring Mahan, which is a conveyor belt of talent at the moment, and there's no way in the world, I can imagine sitting down at the breakfast table with them after a game, there must be terrible slagging, but fair dues to Ring Mahan, and, and most of all, most of all, much more important, his family have kept him grounded, because even his interview on Sky last night, he was placid, he was relaxing, mm. and he was breathing between every answer. He He's was. a lovely lad. He's a well, lovely lad, by all accounts. I don't know, people are, the, a lot of the people, the, the women on Twitter this morning are saying he's quite handsome as well. He's going to be the new Stevie G, the pin-up of Wasn't Liverpool. the kind of lovely I was talking about, but I get the point. No, no, Peter, <laughs> but come on, come on. It's 2020, you can say it. I wasn't saying it, but, but look, you're going to see the number one shirt on his back really soon. And if it's not with Liverpool, it's going to be with another club. But hopefully, as, as a red... It's going to be with Liverpool. Right. Okay. Cheers, Finn. Thanks very much. The, the, the huge future ahead of a phenomenally talent, talented youngster from Cork, Quivine Kelleher. And I do remember the conversation back in uh, 2017, 2018. And I tried to find the audio this morning. I couldn't. There's audio out there of commentators choking themselves, tr- trying to pronounce. Quivine Kelleher. I remember at the time people saying, you better learn how to pronounce his name. You better remember how to pronounce his name because he's going to be around for a bit. How right they were. 1850 715 996. Yeah, Budweiser, another one from Lorraine. The Kellogg's ad with the little girl. Yeah, that's a beauty. Telecom Aaron. I don't remember that one. Oh, all of the John Lewis ads, but a particular favourite there for Dylan. Yeah, and, and the Woody's one. The Woody's one. Yeah. We'll get to those, all of them, in the course of the morning. Isn't it a real indictment of us that we have to learn the name Quivin, which is Irish, our own native language of our country, and you have to learn it? God help us, Quivin Kelleher is the man, class act. I wasn't referring to ourselves, I was referring to the British commentators trying to deal with a name like Quivin, not the Irish guys, not the Irish guys. 1850 Now the shops are open again and everyone's going out shopping normally but there's loads and loads of online stuff in the post and on courier wagons and in trucks and in depots up and down the country I'm waiting on a few bits myself it's one of them is particularly late I'm getting a bit worried but you know what, it'll come eventually but there's a bit of a scam going on uh, and it's come to our attention that a lot of people are getting caught. Lauren, did you get caught? Good morning. Morning, PJ. Um, no, I didn't. Um, my husband actually uh, received the text. He he is actually waiting for something, but it's from Amazon. Right. Um, and he got a text from UPS, and the text actually came up on the screen as UPS. So he went into it, and it said... Um, your parcel has been delayed due to an unpaid duty. Um, so please click on this link um, to pay the duty and, and find out what the delay is. Right. So we were quite sceptical. And so instead of actually clicking on the link, we went onto a different device and uh, we typed in that link. And um, it took us to a page um, and it said tracking. Um, and then when it popped up, it said, when would you like the parcel delivered? Uh, so we said during the week, and then it said, how would you like it to be delivered to work or to home? So we said home. What time is your preferred time? So we selected that. And then the last page was, 
took us to a page where on the left-hand side was an iPhone 12 for one euro. And then on the right-hand side, it gave you an option to put in your address. And I said, don't go any further because I would assume then that the next page was to put in your car details to pay the 150 for this apparent duty. And I thought in the beginning that it might have been to do with the whole Brexit thing. It wasn't UPS is the... the the important thing here. It wasn't. That, exactly. It purported to be UPS. It purported yes. to come from UPS, but it wasn't. And you would think that, or the unsuspecting customer would get caught. For how much, do you reckon? Well, I know the iPhone 12 is 1300 above. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they would take 1300 They could take, you know, whatever's in your bank account. They could just try a certain number and they'll, they'll clean you out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you, when you go on to, when you put in that website um, into your your search engine, um, it gives you a tracking number. So if you take that tracking number and you put it in on the UPS website, it says a uh, tra- uh, number not, it does not exist. Yeah, yeah. So it just to make people wary that you know don't. You know, if you, if you, even if you are expecting something, go straight to the actual website. Yeah. This is another case, and look, it comes up any number of times a year, of a scammer purporting to be a respectable company like UPS, yes. and, and you get reeled in, and before you Perfect. know it, you're, before you know it, you're caught. Lauren, you're lucky you weren't caught. Uh, well, well spotted that something wasn't right. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine six. That's Lauren. If you've received any of those messages from UPS, I sincerely hope that you haven't, or purporting to be from UPS. I hope you haven't been caught. We think there's one going around as well that purports to be DPD. Uh, DPD. Do text to see if you're expecting something that'll come through DPD. You do occasionally get a text message to say that DPD will be there between one time or another. So so that can throw you. But DPD is being mentioned as being targeted for this stuff. UPS is definitely being targeted. Have you got them? Have you followed it? Have you been caught for money? After 10, I will talk to Ronan Murphy from Smart Tech, who can tell us A, how to spot this stuff, and B, how to maybe thwart it. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Quartz 96 FM. We'll check in with the weather watchers at UCC a bit later on about whether we need to really worry about this cold snap. The only thing I would throw out there with regard to this cold snap is it is about this time in 2010, so 29, 2010, that the temperature started to plummet and it got really cold. Do you remember that? The big freeze? Yeah, it's around this time back then the temperatures started to really really plummet so I wonder if there's any likelihood that that will happen the footpath outside Coogan Towers is still banjaxed from that big freeze by the way so that'll tell you now the, the state of affairs in terms of getting stuff fixed by, by the county council or whoever fixes these things that's 10 years ago are the bones of it now and the footpath outside Coogan Towers is still knackered from the big freeze How's ever? Hey, we'll find out later if there's another one coming. Uh, oh, more of your Christmas ads. A lot of requests coming in for real classics, which we'll get to as many as we can. People are arguing which is the best John Lewis ever. 
and also we've got the pennies get all that things and feel it and that, that, that. some people hate them some people love them we're gonna I want your favorite during the morning but let's go back to what we were talking about before 10 and that is these text messages purporting to come from reputable courier companies like UPS DPD but which don't when you have a parcel in the post that you're waiting on and you get a ping in your phone and it says this is UPS and your parcel and etc and click the link and all that you know you're going to go in you're going to look and we heard before the news from Lauren and she got the te- or her husband got the text he was waiting on a parcel they decided just for safety's sake to track it on another website and they found a or another browser and they found hey this is not what it purports to be and God only knows what would have happened if they actually went down the rabbit hole down which they were being invited and we hear lots of different complaints coming in from around the place that this is happening who was it was on to us there do I have a message yeah I work for UPS says Morris there are people arriving to collect these supposed packages every day. If UPS has a package for you and there is unpaid excise due on it, the driver will ring you to advise you of the charges and will accept cash on delivery. I didn't know that, Morris. Thank you for that. I wasn't aware the drivers will take cash. That's good. That is good. Uh, many thanks for your programme and alerting us all to the UPS text. I got it yesterday, obviously ignored it. I would have followed the link only if you're alert. Well done to you all, says Valerie. Thank you very much. Let us go to Ronan Murphy, uh, Smart Tech. Ronan, this is, this is your bread and butter. And this time of the year, people can get scammed out of hundreds if they're not careful. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Indeed, it's a big problem and it's, uh, it's exacerbated this time of year. Um, so, so it's phishing. I mean, it's um, your your listeners are well aware of phishing. It's where they receive those dodgy emails, and and this is referred to as phishing. Except instead of sending it by email, they're sending it by text message. And um, the the example you're using of of delivery of packages is, I mean, it's ideal this time of year. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People are moving much more so to online. Uh, shopping, so pretty much everyone listening today is waiting for a package of some mm. sort in the post. So um, if they can, if they can blast people's uh, cell phones, uh, mobile phones, with uh, text messages saying this is uh, the, uh, relating to your package, and people click on it, um, they, as you said, PJ, they go down the rabbit hole, and um, uh, all sorts of nasty things can happen down there. Yeah. Now, by the law of averages. Uh, is it the law of averages that someone might have a message or do they know, for example, that I have a package in the post? No, no. They don't. It's purely, it's purely throwing it out to see what sticks. Yeah, exactly. Look, everyone has a package in the post. I mean, everybody. It's, it's probably the law of averages are that over 90% of people are waiting for something in the post. You know? Yeah. yeah. So tell me how they do it and how we would know it's them at it. So firstly, how they do it is very easy. I mean, they, 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 they blast out um, uh, these messages to thousands and thousands of mobile numbers, right? So it's not, it's not hard to get a list of, of mobile numbers. You can, you can run software to do it. Um, and what they'll, they'll look for uh, a law of averages for a certain amount of people to click through uh, the text message they get. So there's a couple of risks with this, right? Depending on what type of phone you use, okay? You may use an Android or you may use an Apple, right? And um, some operating systems are more susceptible 
to having malware installed on them, such as Android. But but typically, that's a bit more sophisticated. What you're going to be looking at, the risk here, is that the user is going to fall for the, the, the smishing attempt, and they're going to share some sensitive information on a website portal. Now, that could be a username, it could be a password, it could be financial information. And the minute they share that information, they're then caught in the net. Yeah. And there's a whole host of nasty things that can happen from there. And that can include, you know, targeting your online banking, it could be hacking your email, it could be hacking the contacts who you deal with via email. And um, there's a whole, a whole range of different could problems. Be cleaning out your cash. Cleaning out your cash, which is a very prevalent example, and it happens a lot. I mean, you know, it's something we deal with a lot, and it's, it's pretty traumatic uh, yeah. when it happens to people. So, uh, as you said in, in your introduction, you know, once you go down the rabbit hole, once you click, yeah. uh, there's a whole host of nasty things that can happen. But I think it's important to mention as well, PJ, right, that um, uh, this time of year, the law of averages is it's, it's low-hanging fruit to target people with packages, right, because everyone's getting packages. But there's many other ones, right, there's you've won a prize, you know, um, people get emotional about that and they click and see if, if they've won. We've noticed unusual activity on your account. That's a great one because people are now listening to this and they're going, oh, I hope there's not unusual activity yes. that's going to affect me. So they'll definitely click. You have a tax refund. <laughs> now, maybe that one doesn't work as well in Ireland because I'm not sure yeah. how many tax refunds people get. How many or times with regard, yeah. with, with regard to the activity on your account, Ronan, and, and, you know, every time you talk about this, you get the same messages. What kind of an idiot gets caught like that? Many, many people get caught. But how many times is it necessary to tell people your bank will never contact you like that? Yeah, um, it's just a message that has to be reiterated again and again and again and again. And the, the, the fact of the matter, PJ, is that the scams are getting better. They tend to tap into the psychology of what's happening. So again, um, the world is in a very unusual uh, situation here where, you know, we're in a pandemic, people are nervous, people are apprehensive, people are um, shopping a lot online who may not have shopped online before, and they're aware that there's risks with that. So suddenly if they get an email saying, look, we see unusual activity on your account, and that may raise alarm bells and uh, they may be emotive about it and decide to click as a consequence, or... They may be worried about their, you know, delivery for their for Christmas, and therefore they might click. So yeah. these things play on people's emotions, and I they could, do it very I, well. I could see the UPS one, and we stress again, just, we're just using it as an example. It is not UPS doing this, but I could imagine that around the eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth of December, when people are sweating on a parcel, indeed, that this these guys will 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 just fire out message after message after message. Let me give you a very good example, right? Let's take a brand that's really trusted, such as OnPost, right? Okay. And suddenly they send out a, a, an email, or sorry, a smishing, and it may even have a logo on it. It is the OnPost logo, and it, it suddenly that, that generates a level of trust where people look at it and they say, oh, it's OnPost, and, uh, you know, there's an issue with your package. Please click here and... Suddenly, they, they, they then uh, inver- inadvertently go down that rabbit hole and they get caught. And they, they get taken to a website that could be identical to the OnPost website. Yeah. And they believe they're in the right place. And then suddenly, they put in their credit card or their debit card number and they're, they're, they're snared, they're caught, you know. So these guys, are, I mean, it's no joke. These guys are good. It's not, you know, we can say and we can reiterate, your bank will never send this text. You know, Irish Water will never send this text. DHL or FedEx will never send this text. But these guys do innovate and they do change their point of attack to catch people and they are successful. 
So people just have to be really vigilant and they have to think long and hard about it. You know, just just don't click. You know, if it's important enough, they'll ring you or, you know, there'll be another way of communication. But but it, it isn't as simple as, you know, saying who will fall for this because people are falling for it. Yes. And these guys are adjusting their um, their angle of attack. Something else that worries me a little bit uh, in recent years is, you know, the way now... I joke about it, but I picked my phone up off the desk here. My life is in the phone. Yeah. Is yeah. it dangerous because we can do it now with something reputable like Amazon, eBay, any of those big companies? You can literally buy something now with three clicks because everything's saved on the phone. Is that dangerous? Um, I, I I wouldn't be overly concerned about that. Look, let, you have to be pragmatic as well. What's the most damage you can do purchasing online? Um you know, you could lose a couple of hundred euros, right, uh, if somebody got in and they started buying stuff online. But typically, there'll be safeguards in place either by your credit card or from uh, the actual vendor, such as Amazon, where you may not have enough credit in the account to do it. I think what's more worrying is where they'll actually compromise your financial details as opposed to, you know, purchasing stuff with your with your credit card. Because typically, you know, there, there will be safety nets in place to, to, to prevent, uh, you know, you getting completely cleaned out in that regard. And where, where it gets dangerous is, is if they compromise your online banking details and they start transferring funds from your account or accessing your overdraft or whatever it might be, you know. I wouldn't be overly worried. I, I, I mean, we don't see a lot of cases where someone has been cleaned out because people yeah. have bought stuff on Amazon, you know. These guys are looking for a lot of small hits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, think about, from their perspective, PJ, you know, if you buy stuff on Amazon, you have to get it delivered somewhere. And, you know, they bring a whole pile of risk on themselves. That's, yeah. that's you know, not necessary. What comeback do you have if you are stung? It's bloody hard. Um, we've dealt with a lot of cases where people have been caught and they've lost their life savings. Um, and it's, it, it, gets, it goes to court. And you could have, you could have um, mobile phone operators involved. You could have banks involved. Um, it's it's difficult in a lot of cases. People have cut, they, they, they have a degree of comeback where they um, can safeguard themselves from it, but it's not copper fastened. I mean, um, it this it can take years to resolve. Uh, we recently had a case in Cork where a gentleman lost his life savings, and oh um, it God. went it went to the steps of the circuit court where they took an action against um, a mobile phone operator and a bank, and it was settled on the steps. But that poor man aged. He aged yeah. 20, 20 years in the process yeah. of, and, and it was it was it was a it was a smishing attack, you know. And yeah. he clicked through it, but he felt that there should have been due care and attention. By here's the, here's another one that a listener is somewhat suspicious of, Ronan. A message purporting to be from the Lotto saying they want you to get in touch. Your name has come up. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't click on that one anyway. Yeah. If your name has come up, they'll they'll contact you in some other way, you know. That's right. That's right. You know. Before, before I, I, I let you go on this one, Ronan, the, something that happens every time that we talk about this and it comes up on the social media, I think social media is, is the way, the, the, the principal place you see this. Only an idiot would be caught by something like that. You really would want to have more than one functioning brain cell to be caught like that. Like, that's very dismissive of people. As an expert who does this for a living, Ronan, please convince those d- d- detractors that they are wrong. They're, they're absolutely wrong. So, I mean, if you, you will see regularly on the likes of Facebook where you get a message from a contact 
and that message is saying, oh, I think I saw you in this video. It's just an example, right? And it seems um, pretty innocuous, right? It, it happens on, 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 let's say, Facebook. All of these are designed for these guys to get a foothold within your digital device, right? And they, they might attack you through Twitter, Facebook, other social media um, angles that you use. And there's many different ways it can happen. And in many instances, it happens through your own network where your friends or your family um, or your husband or wife may send you a message with a link and, and, and that link is compromised because they've been compromised. So these guys are, they're multi-million dollar enterprises. It's big business. They're well-funded. They've hundreds of people employed to, uh, this, I mean, this isn't somebody in their bedroom trying to steal your money. This is criminal enterprises around the world and they're doing this at scale, 24 hours a day, seven days a week in every part of the globe. Um, so they do catch people. Um, it is, it's no joke. Um, and I, I, I mean, we deal regularly on the um, fallout from when businesses and people get caught by this. Um, it, it's very unpleasant. And while some of them, I agree, um, you know, people get caught and they shouldn't get caught. There's many of them that are far more sophisticated um, that do target people. So I, I would never be kind of glib about it and, yeah. you know, say this is... Good, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Tom it's, has no a, joke. it's no joke, Peter. No, it's not. Tom has a final question. Do we have such a thing as a fraud squad anymore? Shouldn't they be working with their international colleagues to sort this out? I don't get why this isn't tackled. Is it just big people's fraud that gets looked at? Um so we do a fraud, a fraud squad, but you have to you have to look at the scale of the problem here, right? Um, let's say, for example, you've got an organised crime syndicate sitting in um, Moscow, and they, these guys are um, hardened criminals. But instead of them robbing banks, they've now moved into the digital world of doing this, and they do this at scale. I mean, it's enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they don't even know where Cork is on the map but they're targeting people here. And they, they break it up by geography, they break it up by language skill set, and they just do this, um, it's, it's a numbers game. So while Interpol and Europol and the fraud squad in every part of the globe are trying their best to deal with this, it is very, very complex. And, and I mean, they're not just being attacked by, by Russia, they're being attacked by many different areas of the world um, and uh, trying to understand who's doing it and uh, with the resources they have versus, let's say, the resources we have, it's a huge, huge uphill battle. And it's then happening, in a, happening at an enterprise level, which is your business. It's happening at an SME level. And then it's happening at an individual level. So you, you could hire another 5,000 people in our fraud squad and they would still be wrestling with this problem. And then obviously um, it's educating people and you know the, the continually changing attacks. And if they catch one and they do catch them, Another one springs up overnight in another yeah. part of the world. Yeah, a bit like old pirate radio stations back in the day. Indeed. Ronan, <laughs> Ronan, thanks a lot. That's Ronan Murphy from Smart Tech Penetration Testing and Security. He knows his stuff. These scams are out there. They're huge. They're international. They're bigger than you think. Karen says, just listening, I got one of those texts just yesterday, but I hadn't ordered anything. So I got suspicious. I googled it first and saw it was a scam, so I just deleted it. Lots of people getting in touch to thank the programme 
for bringing it up because they've got a message from UPS, or they've got a message from DPD, or they've got a message from somebody else, some other courier company that they have nothing bought with. But it, they might also have something bought from Amazon or something bought from eBay or something bought from an online shop, maybe Curry's or, or Harvey Norman's or some one of those. And they're getting text messages purporting to come from uh, couriers. They may not come from couriers. Be very, very careful. 1850-715-996. Shall I pull out another ad? Let me get another one of these ads. Uh, and it's one that has a very, very, very close connection to Broadcasting House. A very close connection to Broadcasting House. This is an absolute classic. Another work of art. Talk about it next. 1850-715-996. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show, The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now 083 396 96 96 96 even at the home of the black stuff, we dream of a white one. That got somebody a bonus or should have. Good morning. Morning, PJ. How are you? Good. That's your favourite? Um, it's it's one of my favourites. I suppose the reason it's 
is um, I live up by Wellington, we still live by Rochester Buildings, and um, I remember that night particular uh, that uh, there, was a, there was actually a loft this or a crane up by Bell Field, with, right. uh, the camera crew. I think you were there yourself, were you? You were passing. My buddy Frank, my late lamented buddy Frank, lived up there just across the oh, road from where it was. Frank O'Brien, Frank O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, it was. Um, um, I worked in advertising myself. I worked as a creative, so I know the whole process of what has to be done with production and film crews. Yeah. Um, these things take for, months, don't they? These ads oh, take months. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is that uh, when I worked in Australia, the, the statistic is that only 2% of ads that are made actually get through. Really? 98% of ads are binned, so they never see the light of day. Get away. After all that work. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's purely down to the fact that it's uh, the politics of an agency that the creative director and the boss hasn't thought of, of himself really, you know, that's what the boys don't do. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, there, there are loads of ads, like you said, only a small percentage of them ever actually get to wear. But how does something um, like that, which debuted, I think, in 2004... 2014, was it? No, 2004, I think, was the original. Yeah, I think it was reissued 10 years later. Oh, it would have been reissued, and it had to be edited because of new advertising standards and all that kind of palaver. How do they become part of our folklore almost? What makes a Christmas ad that stays in the mind? I suppose it's just, you know, the process is supposed to be anything with advertising, and it needs to appeal to emotion, you know, which. Christmas is an emotional time, yeah. either for good or for bad. So that's the main thing, you know. There's a line in advertising, make them buy, or yeah. make, them, make them cry, make them buy. <laughs> God, you that know? works all right. It does, because you have all these, you know, ads from, you know, from, you know, charity, you know, at Christmas to whatever. You know, so advertising, it plays on your emotions. So these guys, what we do is we, you know, it's um, a creative process that you appeal to a person's emotion and, the emotion makes you buy, you know, it's, you know. Yeah. We have a reputation in this country for making good ads. Yeah, there's been a couple. I think the, um, another favourite one is the Danny Carl catch one. The, 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 the idea was kept on file. Oh, in a filing cabinet. Yeah, they updated yeah, that yeah. one recently. I yeah. Think, yeah, I think so. I think uh, they probably have to with the COVID restrictions, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a funny yeah. one. Like, keep my yeah. ad on file in a filing yeah. cabinet. And he, that would yeah. have another iconic one. There's another one I know that you love, and this is really popular as well. I'll just give, I, I'll, mm. gi- I'll give it a whirl. Here's this one. take great pride in the quality food products we make and work hard all year to bring our best to you each morning. You must have liked them. Don't worry. Maybe you'll see them next year. Ho, ho, ho. We wish you and yours the very best of everything this Christmas. Genius. That was genius. Kellogg's and the Cornflakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, you know, and it makes it all the most significant this year. You know, Christmas is about kids, you know. Yeah. People are whinging about the pubs one open, this one open, that one's open, you know. Who cares, you know? Christmas yeah. is kids, you know? You're not, you're, not, you're not wrong. And a little yeah. ad like that captures yeah. it. Yeah, that ad, you know, this is what Christmas is about, you know, and family. You know, Christmas is family and friends and not pubs or clubs or businesses, you know? Yeah. And, and simple, so, I mean, simple pleasures. Sim- yeah, so, I mean, I, like, I find it funny that people were forever pre-COVID talking about, oh, I'd love to be at home with the kids. 
Mm. They spent this last six months at home with the kids. Now they want to go to work. So, <laughs> I just, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got a bit you know, of harsh reality of what it's like to be at home with the kids. Yeah, but it's, you know, like we want what we don't have. Then we have this, we don't want this. Mm. But who's that youngster you're teaching to DJ? That's my nephew, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> His videos are getting a bit of a following. Well, he got a he got a little phone call from uh, Victor from in New York or a message, a WhatsApp message, or uh, you know. How cool! Uh, All right, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's cool. He said. <laughs> All right, Andrew, keep it up, mate. That's Andrew Carroll, eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Go on and look for Andrew Carroll on Facebook, and you'll find the videos. Andrew has a DJ set up at home you'd kill for. It's brilliant, yo, brilliant stuff. But he's got his little nephew, and your little kid can't even see up to the table. But the brilliant videos. 1850 Yeah, Linda can remember her son was 15 at the time that the Guinness ad was being filmed. There was only a section of it now was filmed up on Patrick's Hill, up there towards top Patrick Hill, up towards Bell's Field. And they put snow on there, the tons of artificial snow. And it was around September time. He was in the civil defence and spent the weekend shoveling the snow for the ad says Linda. And she thinks of it every time the ad was on the telly. Well, I told you that that ad gave me a blinding hangover because the night that it was being filmed, uh, my late and much missed and much loved Frank, friend Frank O'Brien, um, who lived up there at the time and worked with us all, he was a great friend of us all here at the radio station, he, he and I managed to get ourselves trapped. Well, he was trapped. I didn't. I wasn't trapped. I stayed. Down in O'Keefe's pub, uh, down in the corner, um, because Frank didn't get home in time. The, the, the hill was closed off for a couple of hours to do the filming. And Frank had been warned, we need to get, you need to get home now or you won't be able to get home until later. And sure, we had two pints in front of us down in the pub and I looked at my watch and I said, Frank, you're late. And he looked at his watch and he goes, oh, I am. Right, give me two more pints. And of course, we couldn't go up the road then because, well, the road wasn't open. So that's why I ended up with a horrible hangover the following morning. 1850-715-996. There is a sale of art for Pieta. And we want to help them with it. And we'll do that next. 1850-715-996. More of your favourite Christmas ads coming, by the way. Uh, more of more of them uh, dotted throughout the morning. The Opinion Line on Courts 96FM. With Lehan Motors leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See lehanmotors.ie. Access all areas on Corks 96FM. Your guide to nightlife on the side. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Corks Entertainment. With the Decades Tour, the internationally acclaimed pop star Belinda Carlisle will celebrate a rich musical catalogue and chameleonic musical prowess. The tour spans 20 dates across the UK and Ireland in October and November next year, including a show at Cork Opera House on November 1st. Tickets are on sale now from the venue's website. Access all areas. The Pet Shop Boys live date at the Marquee has now been rescheduled for 2021. Tickets for the original date this summer remain valid for the new date, which will now take place on June 23rd. Further details and other Marquee shows can be found at AikenPromotions.com Access all areas. Feel free to let us know at Access All Areas if you have a rescheduled show coming up or any live streamed events by emailing aaa at 96fm.ie Access all areas Your guide to nightlife on the side On Cork's 96FM This is Cork's Gold Imro Award winning talk show The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Call us now 1850 715 996 On Cork's 96FM 
Now, you've heard of a silent disco, and we've been at a silent disco, some of us, but I've never heard of a silent auction. Lisa Jane Jones is organising one for Pieta. Lisa Jane, good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good to talk to you. Very well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. Delighted. Now, tell me about, this is personal to you, deeply personal, so what's it about? It is. So, um... Basically how it started was um, I am a, a hobby artist. I wouldn't have any formal training, so I can't class myself as a professional artist. I do it because I enjoy it. But a friend of mine who I've known since I was eight um, unexpectedly and very tragically took his own life 12 months ago, okay. um, leaving behind kids, um, family, parents, brother, and lots of friends, obviously, in absolute turmoil um, and disbelief. Um, So the 12-month anniversary was approximately two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. And um, on the day, I was a bit upset and yeah. I just didn't know really what to do with myself and I had I'd moved um, I moved uh, from a house into an apartment and I haven't got as much space as I used to have so I don't paint as much anymore but I decided that day that I needed to do something creative and get rid of my angst in some way so I pulled out a canvas and I, I painted um, uh, a kind of a stormy landscape of mm-hmm. Yall Bay yeah. Um, and I put it up on social media. And Maybe got, reflecting the storms in your head. Exactly, yeah. reflecting how I was feeling that day, yeah. Um, but the, the response I got from it on social media was so incredible that I said, you know what, I can do something good with this piece and I will auction it. And so I, I put a comment up saying I was going to do that and everything snowballed. So I was inundated with offers from other Irish artists, professionals, not just amateurs, a bit of both, and some beautiful handmade jewellery makers um, offering to donate their precious work if I was going to set up an auction. So, so, we, so Art for Life um, was born. Um, I, I actually had to turn people down because um, there was just too much for me to do in such a short space of time. Right. So now there is 20 of us, right. um, 14 of which are cork-based. Okay. Um, and we are... Whole, I'm quite nervous about it, to be honest, because I put mm. so much work How into it. How many pieces are here? Uh, there's 20 pieces, because okay. there's one, one item per artist. Um, and it's a combination of mainly art, uh, with, as I say, some handmade jewellery as well. And uh, the, there's all sorts of budgets. So um, it, you, it doesn't matter how small your budget is or how big your budget okay. is, obviously. There's various prices there. But all the money raised is going to Pieta for, obviously, um, because they, they obviously support people yeah. with suicide ideation um, and also their bereaved families. Yeah. So um, I registered it with, with Pieta and I have been trying ever since to get the word out there because it's all well and good having these wonderful pieces of work from these amazing artists who are right now particularly uh, just amazed me at how they were prepared to donate their yeah. work when they're under such pressure with COVID. Mm. I think it's the universality of Pieta yeah. House. Yes. Everybody knows somebody and everybody's come across it and it's, it's it too has had a very tough year with losing out on the the darkness to light. Well, they went online, but they're the biggest fundraiser. So it, it runs from f- 6 o'clock this Friday. That's right. To 11 o'clock Sunday night. That's how do, right. How do we access it? Okay, so it's on www32, the number auctions.com.com and then you forward slash 
art with a capital A, the number four, life with a capital L, 2020. Okay. So 32auctions.com art for life 2020 we'll, we'll, we'll share that for you anyway that's fantastic thank you so much we really appreciate all the support and, and all the uh, proceeds going to Pieter Lisa Dan good luck with it and it's a great idea and it uh, comes to fruition this weekend that's the art for life silent auction online auction in aid of Pieter House or Pieter as they call themselves these days www32 the number 32 auctions.com forward slash art for life 2020. 1850715996. Sylvia. Sylvia, I don't know. Sylvia was on before the 10 o'clock news on the phone begging to know would I do the first bit of footprints in the snow again because her husband was talking over her. They do that. We do that. Her husband was talking at the time and she missed the first bit of audio from Foot Solutions and she was wondering if I'd play it again. Ah, go on. Go on, I'm feeling charitable this morning. So we have a 200 euro voucher to give away every day this week with Foot Solutions, our friends at Grand Parade, giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones with a Foot Solutions gift card for this Christmas. And we're doing Footsteps in the Snow. This is the first bit again, only because Sylvia asked nicely and only because I'm feeling charitable. All right, and here's the second one now. Here's the second one. Okay. How many was in that? Keep a note with the third one to come between 10 and 11. Eight, or between 11 and 12. 1850-715-996. Back to another Christmas ad of, Reno, of, of renown. Beautiful cover version of the Keen song by Lily Allen, Somewhere Only We Know, was the backdrop to the John Lewis ad, The Bear and the Hare. Nicole. Hi, PJ. How are you, girl? Nicole Ryan with us on the show. Nicole, why is that your favourite? It's gorgeous. It's two, now the full ad is nearly three minutes long, but that's just a clip of it. Why is it your favourite? I think it just brings me back to childhood. Um, you know, the, the bear and then the hare and their relationship and everything. I just think it's just the loveliest thing. And then when the, when the hare actually brings a little present while the bear is hibernating, it's just gorgeous. The secret of it, of course, is the story behind it is that the bear, because he hibernates, has never heard of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his little friend yeah. introduces him to it. And it's gorgeous. And John Lewis spent something like 12 million on that. <laughs> Bizarre. Bizarre to think that, but it's worth it. And the song and everything is just magical, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, and John Lewis, they kind of went downhill after that. They, they haven't really bettered that one. They did one, a very good one with Elton John, all right? They did, yeah. But yeah, ever since then, I think it kind of has been a little bit more downhill with them. Like, this year's one isn't great. No, it's There's not, actually, no. no. 
There's much better ones out there in at home here, like. But yeah, that was definitely one of my favorites. All right. Okay. All right. I know. You need, I know you need to go. Thanks for that, and uh, Nicole. Oh, by the way, delighted with the the, the, the tie up with the company in Ring of Skiddy for Alex's adventure. Great news. I know. Thank you very very much. Um, really sound of uh, you know Thermo Fisher. They're just one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies out there. So it's really cool to have them on board. Yeah. Good luck with it. We'll no doubt talk about it again in 2021 or maybe even before Christmas if you do some of your magic because you do all the time. Nicole Ryan, 1857-15996. Yeah, the, the, the ads, the request for the ads uh, coming in. What did I do? Some people complaining that I'm too enthusiastic about this one. Mom, is he still coming this year? Of course he is. Really, Dad? He's coming. Are you sure? He's coming. Happy Christmas, Connor. I knew you come. Some people saying that that's a hard ad for people to listen to who don't have a granddad or whose kids might have lost their granddad in the last 12 months or who just won't see granddad Christmas Day because of COVID. That's hard. And it is. But that was the beauty of it for me because, look, my kids lost their granddad in, in 2018 and, you know, my sister's kids and my brother's kids, they will miss my dad, like, like I'll miss my dad and everyone else. But that's the beauty of it is the little, the little tingle you get. 1850-715-996. We have others to do as well, but I better play this as well. Ah, listen, lads, it's, it's, it's as good as Christmas at this stage. So this is Christmas. What have you done? Another year over And you won't just be gone And so this is Christmas I hope you had fun The near and the dear ones The
Yoko Ono, the Plastic Ono Band. Happy Christmas. War is over on Cork's 96FM. And of course, all those songs are round the clock, seven days a week, online at the moment on our app or on the website on Cork's 96. Miss, we're once again counting down to Christmas with our exclusive online station, all your favourite Christmas hits, streaming non-stop, exclusively online with the Pavilion Ballygarvan where they're a delightful bakery and cafe now open so you can experience the true taste of Christmas. More at thepavilion.ie. And I can tell you now that I'll be on Cork's 96 myself at the weekend, spinning some tunes for you. Yeah, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 6. I hope you'll tune in for that online. Uh, Quark's 96 months. 1850 The monster under the bed. I don't like the monster under the bed. I don't like the monster under the bed. It annoys me. But it's a great ad. Grandad, he's under the bed. Go to sleep, you little... No, no, it's not. Thank you very much, PJ. You beep, 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 says Abby. You have me bawling now with the Christmas ads. Yeah, there's another one. And for some reason, this one does it to me a little bit. It's a real song uh, by a real group and it was released as, as a real single and the lead singer on that went on to have a, a career making dance music but there's a great story behind it and that's the, the, the Coca-Cola truck ad the song itself by the way isn't great <laughs> that's the best bit that you get in the ad that's the, the Coca-Cola truck ad another one that stayed with us like forever and this is the one that a lot of people are looking to hear today again another one of the new ones another one of the new ones uh, how are you, Mrs. Higgins? Hiya, mate. Come on, kid. Happy Christmas, Mrs. Higgins. Woody's. We're all homemakers. That's a lovely one. Uh, it takes a couple of watches before you realise what the message is. But it is. It's it's lovely. Woody's now. Woody's and Super Value, I think, battling it out for the for the winner of, of 2020. And then there's the ones that some people, some people, I knew someone used to have this as his Christmas ringtone on his phone. That's as old as the crib, like. And he's got a whole lot of things for Christmas. Did you see that story? They had the Dundrum Pennies was open last night. And the queue went down into the car park of the Dundrum Shopping Centre. If you've ever been to the Dundrum Shopping Centre, you'll know how long that queue was. Pennies queuing at two this morning. Asher, it is Christmas. The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan on Courts 96 FM. 
1857 the number. The text to WhatsApp 083 396 96 Email the show opinion at 96fm.ie. Twitter at opinionline96. And of course, the Cork's 96fm Facebook page available to you. Just mark your message for the attention of the opinion line. Remember, we put our podcast up every afternoon, gets up there about sometime between 2 and 3. And particular good morning to whoever it is on the People's Republic. And yes, I do watch you guys. I love the way you ruminate about the contents of the show. And sometimes you've got a point and sometimes you've just got a flea in your ear. And and it's actually funny to watch. Like, they are claiming that we didn't talk about Queeveen Kelleher. God, we spent nearly 10 minutes talking about him in the first hour of the show. So clearly, whoever it was was still in bed at the time. <laughs> Morning, lads. 1850-7159. We're going through some of your favourite Christmas ads as well. But before we do, uh, Dundero National School, I think they may be listening at the moment. And look, every school and every class and every children's group and every play, they're all doing something for the Christmas. And we just know that we will be inundated with stuff over the next couple of weeks. We, I tell you now, we will not be able to play it all. Because by the time it comes up to Christmas week, and I've been telling Terry here, this will be his first Christmas in Cork's 96FN. By the time we come to uh, Christmas week or even close to it, we will have the postman taking lawsuits against the place with the number of CDs and pictures and books and novelties coming in and we appreciate every single one of them and thank you in advance for them all we can't use them all we can't use them all we can't even mention them all but we will get to as many as we possibly can but the youngsters in Dundero have put together a little song and we've only sent a quick clip to them uh, Aoife Walsh is their third class teacher at uh, Dundero National School in Kinsale and they have been rewording the lyrics of Hard Knock Life from any, uh, just with a COVID theme. I'm after putting it somewhere down here now on me box of keys. Ah, here it is. There you go. Here's here's their efforts and, and very laudable. This is third class in Dundero. Where are they? Yeah, they worked hard on it at Dundero third class in the national school. Look, if you have anything you want to send us, opinion at 96fm.ie. No promises, no guarantees, no nothing. But we will mention a lot of stuff over the next couple of weeks because we're nice like that because it's Christmas time. 1850 The new McDonald's ad is nice. Forever young. I haven't seen that one. Uh, it's officially Christmas when Coca-Cola comes on, says, says Gillian in Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Queen Bee can be heard going around the house going, holidays are coming, holidays are coming. Yeah. Uh, my favourite of all says uh, this message. Eileen. Hi, Eileen. Thanks for doing the ads. My favourite of all is the Kellogg's one. The little girl reminds me of my daughter when she was small. 
one of the best ones. The best one this year is the Super Value ad. When Grandad comes to the door, it's so moving, gets you every time. Have a good day, and you too, Eileen. Yeah, the Kellogg's one, we mentioned that with Andrew a while ago. The Kellogg's one is, 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 is an absolute belter. And Santa's sitting under the tree with a bowl of cornflakes. She takes a cornflake, runs back up the stairs to bed. At Kellogg's, we take great pride in the quality food products we make and work hard all year to bring our best to you each morning. You must have liked them. Don't worry. Maybe you'll see him next year. She knows. We wish you and yours the very best of everything this Christmas. She knows. She saw him. She met him. And he gave her a cornflake. Well, 1850 features reporter for the Irish Sun, Nicola Barden, popping into this conversation. Nicola, good morning to you. Morning, how are you, Peter? I'm grand. We've had a good morning of nostalgia and some smiles and the ones that get you a lump in the throat. Have you a particular favourite yourself? Uh, well, my favourite would be the Coca-Cola ad. I just think it kind of ramps up the Christmas. You see the truck and the lights and it's just like the singing automatic yeah. comes to you. The way it fades in, holidays are coming. Holidays. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you've been thinking of Christmas since August. But that's that's like the start of it. But my sister would be a massive fan of the Guinness ad. Oh, the 2004? uh, Yeah, the one, the home of the black stuff. Yeah, we'll play it again. Because again, whoever wrote that line, I hope they get a fat bonus every year. (laughs) Whoever came up with that line at the end. Let's, Let's have another listen to the Guinness one. Up and down Patrick's, Patrick's Hill, they were throwing snowballs here. Don't forget to turn the lights off. It won't. And the immersion. Whoever sat back and said, lads, I have a line for you. I know, it's brilliant. It just kind of grabs you and you go, oh, that's nice. I do also love the Denny's ad. The Denny's? Yeah, it's the one. He's a very good Santa. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's so many of them. Some of them last forever. Some of them only last the Christmas they're in. Oh, yes, the the McDonald's one is the one um, with forever young and the little lad puts reindeer treats at the fireplace. Yeah. I think a lot of the Christmas ads this year are very emotional. Um, obviously, you mentioned the Super Value one. I mm. bawled my eyes out when you? I saw that, yeah. And the Woody's one, you know, they're all lovely. And the Coca-Cola yeah. one from this year, there's a real sentiment behind it because of the year we've had. And I suppose people want to let their emotions out. Yeah, people are a bit more sentimental. Like We normally wouldn't do something like this until maybe another week into December. But I think now people are just anxious for a little bit of Christmas. The little ad, for example, this year, the, the lovely little ad, which is based in the store late at night and it's animated, and that song behind it, We Need a Little Christmas. Yeah, it's a I lovely think it, new one. It's, it's something that I wouldn't be, I would be very much like Christmas starts in December, but the year we've had, we need joy. So 
if it means the ads are on earlier and the songs are on earlier and it brings a bit of joy, I don't see the harm Pe- in people, it at all. People were playing Christmas songs two days after the non-jazz festival this year in Cork to try and get some <laughs> little bit of a bit of cheer. And the beauty of it is, I think, some of the really good ones are just they're just family based. They're just stressing the importance of family. Yeah, well, if you look at all of the good ads, it's all sitting around the family. You know, the Danny's one is the kids opening the presents. The Guinness is saying you can take the day off work, you know, like that kind of stuff. The ESB, obviously, with Alan Hughes coming home to visit his mammy. Um, you mean you mean, you mean mean this one that didn't actually need a backing track at the time when it came out first? It just didn't need a voiceover. It didn't need anything. This one. The voice of Dusty Springfield. Yeah. And the car coming over the... Yeah. You're so evocative. I think that'll resonate with a lot of people this year. Yeah, um, Nicola, people coming home and people can't who, who come haven't home. been able to come home. Yeah, they can't come home this Christmas, and I, I'm wondering if we could see that one coming up again because it would like that that had have them bawling their eyes out. Oh, I I think so. If that came up now on telly and your child was over in Australia and couldn't get home or something, you know, it's really going to hit you in the gut. If yeah. There's another ad, I think it's Vodafone, and um, they have it, the dad is running into the sea and he's got his daughter on the video cam and they oh, always see yeah. every Christmas. Yeah. Again, I think that's very poignant, you know, there's people yeah. who won't be able to get home and do their traditions and yeah. their family want to include them in some way. Yeah. There's ones you don't see anymore and I think this one in particular with Fergal absolutely hates it. Everyone else in the building loves this. This has been beloved by by DJs and me. When I used to DJ Christmas parties in times when you could do those kind of things, I used to used to play out on this particular tune when I sent everybody home, uh, sent them home sweating. We used to play out on this one. Remember this? Thanks for listening. Quick, 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 what is it? I can't think. My mind's gone blank. <laughs> so tell you in a second. The people who bring you Budweiser wish you and yours oh, yes, the very yes. best of everything this holiday season. The, the the horses. I was just thinking, if you played Walking in the Air by On had I'd just have to hang up. I hate that Christmas hat and everybody you? else loves it. Ale- Aled Jones. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, I've no time for that. But when my daughter was in school, they rewrote that ad. Oh, did they? Yeah, we're walking in the air, we're not wearing any underwear. But that, and they used to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Maybe when the schools can send that into you this time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the magic, the, the magic of it. Actually, I think that the, the Guinness one, we've got um, Neil Davies from BBDO in Dublin, of course, one of the big advertising agency houses. Uh, and it was the house... Stay there, Nicola, for me. Neil, it was your house that produced that wonderful Guinness Christmas ad uh, with that marvellous line at the end of it. Who came up with that line? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Uh, yes, it was us. Um, a long time ago, 2004, that first ad. Yeah. And that line, even at the home of the black stuff, we're dreaming of a white one, was written by a gentleman um, uh, called Mark Nutley, who's yeah. still around. 
still applying his trade in the industry, still a very, very good copywriter, but that's such a beautiful and evocative line. And did he just uh, wander in with it and say, lads, I think this might work? I think, I mean, possibly. My re- recollection is that the idea was to create, um, you know, a, a, a Christmas card to the nation from St. James's Gate, and it features so many different parts of the, you know, all corners of the island. How many? Cork. Can you remember how many? Because there must, I, I was trying to count through it. There was... <laughs> well, every single province is represented. So mm. Belfast City Hall is on there, obviously representing um, Ulster. You've got um, Clada in, in Galway and a Galway hooker yeah. um, representing Connacht. Um, you've got um, St. James's Gate itself, Phoenix Park, the Customs House representing Leinster. Oh, and uh, um, uh, O'Connell's famous old pub yeah. in County Mead is on there as well. And Patrick's and Hill. There's, 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 there's two things shot on Patrick's Hill, the, the snowball fight and the um, uh, and, and, and the bit where they're like, don't forget to turn the lights out. I think that was snowed near there as well, all in one go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was and that was done on a September night, and it was a huge. I remember it being a huge operation. They closed off the the hill for for a few hours. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, I think I think it was tricky because I think it might have been the the the, the Cork Jazz Festival at the time. So that there was there was different types of revelers, late night revelers in the background, rather than the usual Christmassy seasonal ones. And of so, course, all the snow in that spot is fake. There was no snow. No real snow was harmed in the making of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and and again, like that, Nicolai. When the, we we forget the work that goes into these, and as Andrew said earlier on, Andrew worked in copywriting for a while. Some of them never see their way out of the production room. Oh yeah, well, like imagine all the big stores around the country have tried to come up with with an ad as iconic as the Guinness ad, and you have to think of all the ads that you probably have seen and never thought of again, or the ones that they try, they go to put it together and it just doesn't work. Yeah, Neil, you also came up with the one that, that I, it was your, your company came up with the one that I always say, it, it, it'll never be beaten for me. There's something about Christmas. Now tell us the story of that one. Well, dear me, dear me. I mean, look, that Guinness ad is Guinness's longest running ever commercial. Mm. Um, it's been going for, what, 16, 17 years now. Um, the one that you're talking about, which of course is the Barry's Tea train set radio commercial, has been going even longer. It's been going since 1994. And uh, for obvious reasons, it's just a beautiful... You were talking about copywriting. That was done by a woman who's now no longer with us, a a wonderful, elegant copywriter by the name of Catherine Donnelly, who was one of the true greats of the Irish writing community. And, And that particular just 90 seconds just takes you to a different place every time you hear it but it's it's always reassuring and there's always something it's it's the theater of the mind that you can only get with radio i think is the secret of it that it has never aged a day i mean i, I don't think it has it's something that you you know there are so many christmas classics if you think some of the movies that we all gravitate to are old black and white movies. That's right. But there's something timeless and engaging in them that hits so many of those festive cues in the right way that it doesn't matter what age you are or in what age you live, you know that you're celebrating the same thing along with them. And that's the beauty of it, I think. And was it it, it that that lady came up with that immortal line, Santa will get them what they want, this is from me? Oh, I know. Gets you every time, doesn't it? (laughs) You've got that, I mentioned a while ago, you've got that lovely, I don't have it, to hand, you've got that lovely little elves ad. We need oh. little Christmas this year. That's your ones. Now, now look. The secret of that is we we started working on that in June. So that that particular song, uh, 
need a little Christmas. Mm. We, uh, I've been singing in my head for most of the summer, and it, it, <laughs> I never get tired of it. And it, it's, it was for all the reasons that you were talking about. You know, for the year that's been in it, it felt like we needed a little Christmas. And and uh, and and that song, um, which is from a, an, an old musical, that's actually right. seemed to work beautifully. And and uh, I have to tell you, those those elves are particularly difficult to work with. Um, <laughs> But but they did a great job. The union is de- their union is murder like their union they're mili- is they're militant. They're militant. <laughs> like. Yeah. All right. And the the Easton's one is lovely. Listen, a couple of, a couple of, we would probably be absolutely sick of these by 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 Christmas Eve. But it's 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 lovely to have them. The other one was there. Another one was was your agency as well involved in. I'd like to teach the world to sing. No. No, that was a, that was an American agency called McCann's, I think, originally. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the old Coca-Cola spot, yeah? Yeah, the, the Seekers. Yeah. Seekers. That, that, that became a, a number one hit, actually, in, in its own right. Listen, I'm going to leave it there with you both, but it's been lovely nostalgia. I think I know the one we'll be playing again at 5 to 12, but we'll see. We'll see. Nicole Barton from The Sun, Irish Sun, and Neil Davies from BBDO Advertising in Dublin. 1857159. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Fergal, Casey and Ross, Terry and PJ and Victoria and all at Legacy Academy. You're all stars. You're all Santa's little helpers from all at Mrs. Walsh's third class. Thanks, Fergal and Terry, doing a great job in the background, the executive research desk. Uh, Dondero National School can sail. Some very happy children. 96 members, their favourite radio station. This clip has gone to RTE and the Late Late Show and we wanted you to be the first to air and to hear it. Well, thank you. 1850 715 there's an iPad ad from last year that someone says is a real tearjerker. We could probably stop doing anything else now and just talk, play Christmas ad after Christmas ad till 12 o'clock. That isn't the plan, by the way. What is the plan is to talk about a new finding or a new survey that says one in five people will ignore COVID-19 restrictions to spend time with their family over Christmas. We know that they're going to ease off a small bit and allow us to have a certain number of people in our homes at Christmas. Three families or three households and up to ten people, which I think is roughly the the level one restrictions being applied for the couple of weeks over the Christmas. But one in five people have said that they will ignore that and have bigger gatherings, I assume. 1850-715-996. We'll do that next. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With Lehan Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See motors.ie This is Cork's Gold Imro Award-winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now. 1850-715-996. On Cork's 96FM. So what they've told us, the government, with regards to Christmas from the 18th of December until I think it's the 3rd of January, or is it the 6th, but it's definitely the 3rd, we may have three households in our homes. That's our household and two others and a maximum of 10 people. Now, the ESRI and the CSO have been looking at some responses from people the Central Statistics Office said more than one in two people believe people travelling from red regions shouldn't be allowed to enter the country anyway. And then they said one in five respondents 
said they would be very unlikely or unlikely to comply with the restrictions to prevent them seeing family and friends over the Christmas period. In other words, that they will break that limit on household gatherings and that presumably they'll gather in ways they're not supposed to. Dr Shane Timmons is a research officer with the Behavioural Research Unit in the ESRI. Shane, is that a little bit worrying? Good morning to you. Uh, good morning, PJ. Uh, well, I think one thing to, uh, to, to to just bear in mind with that sort of headline finding is that if one in five people say that they're not going to adhere to the restrictions, we do have 80% of people saying that, they yes, they will follow them. Um, so there is a vast majority there saying that they will adhere to government guidelines. And one thing to note with the CSO survey, by the way, is that um, the exact guidelines from the government on housing, uh, visitation and so on weren't given to people at the time. So this is people sort of preempting what the restrictions might be. And one in five saying then that they might not adhere to those restrictions, for example, if they couldn't meet family or friends. That might temper it a little so if you were to run it again. Exactly, exactly. So this, this, that, that survey was uh, run by the CSO, but we at the ESRI have analysed um, other survey data that points towards uh, actually a much more cautious approach from the, from the public on average than much of the debate around restrictions would lead you to believe. Um, and this is something we've seen throughout the pandemic. So we've been kind of monitoring this um, since March. And in general, we find that people are actually far more concerned about health of family or friends when they're asked about their worries than they are about prolonged restrictions of the economy and so on. Um, now, we do have data about people's sort of plans and expectations in the lead up to Christmas. And we know that uh, the vast majority of people are expecting and planning to have a much quieter Christmas this yeah. year. Where we see a sort of uh, a relaxing in attitudes when it comes to following restrictions, that tends to be more so in line with people wanting to push the boundaries a bit rather than ab- abandoning the guidance altogether. So we've compared how people say they're following the restrictions at the moment to how they plan to do so over Christmas. And we just see a slight drop in people saying that they, they're going to follow everything. And instead, it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to follow most things, but... Maybe maybe I'll push the push the boundaries out a bit. If you were to look at social media, Shane, uh, for any length of time, apart from probably losing your sanity, you you, you would you would discover, or you would think that nobody wanted to stay indoors, that nobody wanted any restrictions, that every member of the business community wants to open up flagrantly and and not care about COVID nineteen. You would think that the reality is not the same. This is exactly it. So it, it's very easy from a lot of the social media coverage to for these examples of non-compliance. So people kind of gathering around. Um, they, they stand out to us when we see these examples, and then there's a few kind of quirks in our in human psychology that make us then believe that these things are more common or more representative than they are. So this can make us then think, okay, well, this is what everyone is doing then. If we see a few examples or if a few examples come quickly to mind, and I'm sure most people um, listening to this and hearing that the public on average want to be cautious, they're thinking, oh, well, that's not what I see day to day. Hmm. So the the thing for people to bear in mind is, well, you're going to see the people who are not complying with restrictions because they're the ones who are who are kind of, they're the ones doing it. They're going to stand out to you. And once those examples start to stand out to you, you start to think they're more common. But what the data shows, and the data have shown this um, from uh, very early on in, in the pandemic, is that the Irish public, on average, are taking this seriously. Uh, they might be tired of restrictions and they might be tired of dealing with uh, the pandemic, but they're still taking it seriously. They're still concerned about 
um, that has the family and friends. Um, so now in, in the lead up to Christmas, you see that uh, in general, people want to be spending some, some close quality, uh, some quality time with close family and friends yeah. rather than meeting up with multiple others. And that's where the vast majority of the public are on this, that they'd much prefer a quieter Christmas this year. And that's in fact what they're planning for already. Any time that we focused on something that might happen, say big crowds gathering uh, downtown at the weekend or up in Spanish Arch in Galway or, or anything like that, constantly we heard a quiet drum beating in the background. We're not all like this. This is not all of us. They're not. Act- that's actually true. Exactly, exactly. And where we see this um, quite prominently is with young people. Really? So, no, young, so young people have been on the, on, the, on the brunt of the sort of, or like, look at all these young people who are not following restrictions. It's young people gathering at Spanish Arch. It's young people um, gathering in Dublin uh, to drink in the streets and so on. But actually, when we look at the data, um, young people are very much in line with all other age cohorts when it comes to the, the caution they want to take and how they want to, um, how, how they're planning to have Christmas. So, for example, um, on average, we have 80% of people say that they would prefer to have a night at home uh, this Christmas rather than having nights out. And for young people, it's 70%. So there is a bit of a drop there, but it's still the vast majority of young people want to be following these restrictions. So, again, it's a case where the the examples of non-compliers, of the people who aren't following the rules, they're the ones who stand out. They're the ones that that make us angry and kind of outrageous a bit and then they'll go viral on social media yeah. and suddenly everyone thinks that everyone else is doing it. So they jump to the conclusion that they are acting like everybody else. Exactly, exactly. I think if everyone was acting in this way, then none of these examples would stand out to us because it would just be the everyday norm. True. But because these examples are standing out to us, it kind of it reflects the fact that these are the minority. Um, but they are risking, um, I guess, all the all the good work that we've put in to get the virus under control. So it's natural for people to feel outraged by it, but trying to take a step back from it and recognise that they are not reflective of the majority. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten a handle um, on the spread of the virus as well as we have. Economically, now the cost of Christmas always worries certain people. Of course it does. But this year, is there an increase in, in the number of people worried about being able to afford Christmas? So we do have indication in the data that there's quite a substantial minority who are expecting to spend less on Christmas this year. Now, this could be because they have less. Um, we know that there are um, segments of the population who have who've faced financial shocks and like drops in their income as a result of the pandemic. Um, but this could also be an indication that people are not planning on meeting up with too many other people. So maybe a fewer presents to buy this year. Um, so that there is there is the potential for that. I know that's something that um, some businesses and so on will be concerned about in the lead up to Christmas. It's one of those things that I think if anyone has given you a prediction with complete certainty, you probably shouldn't trust them. I think uh, we're we're not really in a position at the moment to to have too many strong predictions about how spending is going to go over Christmas. Yeah. Finally, on the subject of of travel, an interesting uh, statistic that hopped out of this survey. Thousands and thousands of people cancelled any flights. They had no choice, for the most part. Cancelled flights that they had booked for holidays and business and whatever this year. The findings on travel are interesting. Yeah, yeah. So um, we find that uh, most people, again, were... They recognised that it was unfortunate that they had to cancel the travel plans, but they were willing to do so in order to to benefit the collective good. So I think that message kind of that kind of came home to people. I guess around Christmas is where this is going to get a bit more um, contentious. 
So we find in the in the survey that we've run that sixty percent of people thought that um, people shouldn't be travelling back to Ireland over Christmas. Now that did reduce a bit for younger people, so they thought uh, they, this reduced about fifty percent. But again, you have about half the population think that there should be no travel done, no international travel done over Christmas, which obviously puts um, people in a difficult position if they do have close members of their family and friends who are abroad. So there are um, guidelines in place for how to do that safely, and and these are the sort of context issues that are not naturally covered in surveys. So surveys are very limited in the mm. questions they can ask, and it's important to, for people to know that in a lot of these public opinion surveys, that context isn't given. So mm. people aren't asked, like, is it okay for someone to travel if they're going to quarantine for two weeks? Yeah. In in that respect, you'd imagine much more people would be accepting of it. There's a there's a sense of optimism in there as well. In that over fifty over half fifty three nearly fifty four percent of people surveyed expected to take their next international flight before the end of twenty twenty one. Was that question asked before or after the good news we've had with regard to vaccines? So, um, from my awareness of the the CSO data, that it was around the same time. So you'll have some of that um, vaccine data feeding into it. Um, we at the ESRI actually ran um, a, a study on expectations early on in the summer, and it actually aligns quite well okay. with this data. So even before we had any indication that we were getting a vaccine soon, people had that sort of expectation that by mid late 2021, that's when we might be able to to get back to normal. Okay. Um, which which we thought was quite impressive given how um, early on in the pandemic we were. Everything was a bit uncertain, but people seem to have a, a fairly pragmatic approach to how things might go. A sense, a sense of optimism. Without it, we'd be lost. Thank you, Shane. Dr. Shane Timmons from the ESRI. Interesting findings. 1850-715-996. Right, let us do our last set of footsteps in the snow for foot solutions all right 200 euro voucher to give away every day of course and today is no exception so i'm looking for where i am with this ah yes here we go uh, foot solutions grand parade giving the gift of comfort to your loved ones this christmas with a foot solutions gift card i've given you two sets of footsteps two sets of footsteps i hope you've counted them up and here is your third and final set of footsteps for today you should now have a total in your head and get on to us text or whatsapp 083 396 96 96 we'll pick a winner before we leave today this is Court's Gold Imro Award winning talk show. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Text or WhatsApp now. 083 396 9696. On Court's 96 FM. Proning health awareness, something we like to do a lot on the Opinion Line, and something that comes up from time to time is testicular cancer. Um, because it's a it's a thing that can be festering away, as they say, in a man's body, and he doesn't notice it. And it's a bit like breast cancer in women, really, in that you can have it for ages and and not know. Michal Sheridan from Mercy Foundation is doing some work on this at the moment. Michal, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. You're you're talking to schools about the importance because, like I said, there it is one of those cancers that can fester away inside you, and you never know there's anything wrong. Yeah, we've been, in fairness, actually through funding from Radiothon and also from a great event, the Make Your Mark on Cancer Walk, we've actually been funding outreach programs to schools for a number of years. Um, 
we, we estimate we probably across Cork and, and even into some schools in close to close to the border of Limerick and, and Waterford and Tipperary and places like that, we've probably spoken at this stage to any between twelve and 15,000 young men about testicular cancer. Yeah. You're doing it on um, Microsoft Teams, though, of course, in these pandemic times. Absolutely, yeah. Our first, actually, our first Microsoft Teams um, call last week was with a school in Mill Street who we've traditionally actually gone out and spoken with. So... Um, yeah, it was just interesting to, to 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 do it that way and actually to see the kids through the camera on the other side all all masked up and, and socially distanced. But yeah, an, an important message um, and really, I suppose, a message that we're trying to deliver where the likes of testicular cancer and being symptom aware and knowing how to check is almost the same message to some extent as, as has been so brilliantly done in relation to women and breast cancer, which is about being comfortable with um, actually self-checking and yeah. an understanding what you might be looking for and, you know, what you need to do next. And, um, you know, really that that's what it's about. It's about being, it's about teaching these young men the signs and symptoms, yeah. uh, how to check for them and, and what to do if you, you find a lump or a bump. What I, you and I have discussed many times over the years, Michal, often in the context of Radiothon, is that we men, we're devils. We're devils for not looking after ourselves or for ignoring something that we should not ignore. No, absolutely. And one of the things, actually, a couple of years ago we did, we were we were part of a national campaign uh, called Blue September. And, and one of the things that we did was we actually, at that time, surveyed over a thousand young men across the country. And we asked them a very simple question, you know, almost looking for the answer as to why we don't check ourselves. And the main reason they came back was actually was embarrassment or a fear of finding out that something is wrong. Um, that That is the issue with men. It's almost like the, the worry about if I find something what will that mean for me? Can I work? You know, what about income on the family? How will how will my family feel? How will I deal with it? Um, and then with testicular cancer, one of the things that came up really was when we talk about doing self-check, there was obviously a fear that was that was coming up that some men were afraid actually it might be a painful self-examination, which it's which it's not. So yeah, we we are notoriously bad at it. Women, in fairness, are really brilliant at. Um, looking after their own health yeah. and yeah we as men just really were, were, were pretty poor at it to be fair And is that one of the key messages that you give to the schools? Yeah so really the key is for us there's a, there's a few things the first thing we do is we go in and we talk a little bit about the types of people that they might know or have seen on TV um, who've had testicular cancer and who've come through it so people that people would be aware especially in Cork people will know they may not love the likes of Noel McGrath and Tipperary um, but Noel, the tip hurler, had testicular cancer mm. early in a year, and, the, and and actually later that year was mm. was playing in an Ireland semi final. Joe Dean didn't um, he? Joe did, yeah. And Joe, in fairness, Joe back in in the day when we were really getting involved in this as an issue, and um, Joe was a really brilliant supporter of of the foundation, and um, mostly known for his you know famous yellow helmet, but. Um, but also, yeah, as you say, one of those people who early on, um, and even you know, people like John Hartson, who you know, a, a certain older generation will remember yeah. um, playing soccer, and then more recently, a guy called Oshin Kiernan. Oshin plays for Cavan and is playing in All Ireland semi-final this weekend, and, and Oshin had testicular cancer and probably found it a little bit later than maybe would have been ideal. So he was somebody who had found a lump, had a the operation called an orchidectomy then had chemotherapy, but others, um, if it's found early enough, and we've lots of experiences of this here in the Mercy, actually they will have their 
they'll have their procedure, their operation, and that will be it. There'll be no need for any follow-up chemotherapy. Yeah, it's important to catch, catch it early. And again, we we're helping to raise the awareness of testicular cancer. Michal Sheridan of the Mercy Foundation. Thank you for that, Michal. 1857-1596. Briefly, let us go to UCC, uh, to uh, Cahill Nolan, who has been looking ahead at the next few days weather-wise for us. Uh, Cahill, they're telling us that it's going to get very cold. Is there any idea of whether we'll get some snow or some hard frost? Good morning. Uh, very good morning, PJ. Well, certainly the temperatures over the course of the next couple of days, they will take a considerable drop in comparison to what they have been over the past number of days and indeed weeks. So we can expect to see our temperatures falling back and really daytime values, I suppose, for between Wednesday afternoon right the way through until next Monday or Tuesday. They're not going to be any higher than around about 3 to 7 degrees Celsius, so feeling particularly cold for the time of year. And then, of course, at night time as well, there will be a risk of increasing frost especially so over the weekend where we could see temperatures down as low as possibly minus 3 or minus 4 degrees Celsius, so particularly cold. It was around this time, maybe 10 years ago, that it, it, it plunged and it stayed plunged until after Christmas in the, in the big freeze of, was it 2009, 2010? Any sign of that? At the moment, there's no sign of it lasting or, or developing into a particularly acute and prolonged period of cold like we experienced in 2009, 2010. At the moment, it looks like our weather next week while it will stay on the cool side, it will become that little bit more mixed, a little bit more unsettled. We'll see an Atlantic low-pressure system coming in from around about Tuesday onwards. That will bring a slight rise in the temperatures, though nothing spectacular. And with it, it'll keep temperatures, I suppose, just a little bit closer to average for the time of year, but very mixed, very showery, very unsettled. In the long term, possibly, as we get towards around about the 16th to 17th of December, there are some signs that we may see more of an easterly airflow developing at that point. And if that occurs, then it leads us to think that we could be in for a particularly cold Christmas period. OK, we might talk again between now and the big day. Thank you very much for your time. Cahill Nolan at uh, UCC, uh, kind of Ireland's weather channel. Also, quickly before we finish, I'm not even going to get an ad played out as in a Christmas ad, I'd say, before we finish. We're really busy. Kira is in Grange. Hi, Kira. Hi, how are you? How many footsteps, Kira? Twelve. Twelve is right. You are our winner today with Foot Solutions on the Grand Prix. Two hundred euro voucher off to you. Give the gift of comfort to your loved ones this Christmas with a Foot Solutions gift card. You're our winner today with footsteps in the snow, Kira. Brilliant. Thanks. Take care. And a happy Christmas to you. Take care. Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. I think we've got time. We've actually got time for one. I'm surprised looking at the various different requests coming in. I thought I'd be playing Barry's Tea again. I'm not. The one that really our listeners really love and would like to hear again is this. At Kellogg's, we take great pride in the quality food products we make and work hard all year to bring our best to you each morning. You must have liked them. Don't worry. Maybe you'll see him next year. Ho, ho, ho. We wish you and yours the very best of everything this Christmas. Here you go. That's the one you wanted to hear again. That's it. The program edited by Terry Brennan, produced and researched by Fergal Barry, and we'll see you tomorrow just after nine.